down to business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi, and uh, I got my blackjack gum here, and I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs. Oh, you. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? Anybody move, I'll blow your fucking head off. And the medic gets out and says, oh my god. I'm your huckleberry. My advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Put that coffee down. Rolling this calls for the old Billy Barul. That's a huge bitch! The royal penis is clean, your highness. Hey, where are the white women at? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Oh, yeah. It is Friday. It is late. It is THT Movie Review. What is going on, everybody? Glad y'all could join us for this um, wonderful movie. Wow. I'm not sure what to say here, Anthony. First off, what up, Box? Happy anniversary to you! Absolutely, happy anniversary. We, uh, we, fuck, man, we made it a year. Look, look up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody. We made it one year. I understand, but you, you guys are too kind with the applause. Oh, one year, man. <laughs> done some good movies, taken a few weeks off, but uh, it's been fun, man. We've done some damn good movies too. Yes, very cool, very cool. And uh, I have to say, I know you just said, you know, this isn't one of your uh, favorite movies, but you have to admit, it's very appropriate that we celebrate one year because we started this, we started this whole deal off with uh, Ready to Rumble, which is kind of like, mm-hmm. uh, along the same lines of No Holds Barred, not very good, but somewhat of a cult classic. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's a wrestling fan's movie. Uh Look, I'm not going to sit here and say this movie was complete trash. There were some funny parts to it. There was even a part where, uh, b- by the way, just so everyone knows, we're doing Noah Holds Bard. I just, you know, we haven't even mentioned that yet. But I, uh, I, you know, there was even a part where Hogan acted well. He had tears at one point. 
he had re- I mean, it looked like real tears. Could have been, you know, could have been water. Could have been Visine. I don't know. But, you know, one point. Because all the other acting he did, a lot of grunting and growling in this movie. Like, I think every, like, like literally every time they were like, we don't have a line. <laughs> but, oh, shit. Yeah, you tell, tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, I mean if, for, if for nothing else, this movie gave us the iconic imagery, the iconic quote of Dookie. <laughs> yes. Of Dookie. We will get to that. Most definitely we will get to that part. Uh, but yeah, look, this by this, look, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this was 1989. There was a lot of cheese in this movie. It was very cheesy. It was corny, hokey. Any word to describe those words, it, it, the movie was. But with that being said, there were some funny parts. There were some good parts. That you know, she it had Hulk Hogan and Zeus. You know, we even got a, a, a Bill Eady appearance in there. Uh, yeah, was it <laughs> Bill Eady? Yeah, Bill 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 Eady. Yeah, that's what that, that, that was what they had him. in. A lot there. of wrestler appearances in this. We had a uh, Mean Gene. We had Je- uh, Jesse Ventura. Yep, yep. We had uh, Joey Morella mm-hmm. as a referee. Uh, Stan, Stan, I would be remiss without mentioning Stan Hansen. We had a uh, Jeep Swenson. Remember him? I'm sorry, uh, Swenson. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I remember Jeep. He was a. Uh... He was in Bulletproof, the movie we've uh, talked about doing a few times. Yep, he was also on, uh, what was it, Batman and Robin? He was in Batman and Robin, that's right. And he was also, was it, The Ultimate Solution mm-hmm. in WCW? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that was weird. Oh, man. I forget how good Heineken is until I buy it and drink it. God damn. Oh, thank you, Ted. Uh, Josh LaDuke was also in it. That's an old-time wrestler right there. Oh yeah, remember Josh LaDuke? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of breezing through here because I mean, some of these guys didn't look too familiar, but uh, you know, definitely a few. Uh, yeah, Stan Hansen was in there. You see, Jeep Swenson. You mentioned him. Not many more. You've pretty much named all the uh, main players in this movie. Um, now we had Joan Severance as Samantha. <laughs> what? And more Samantha and more. Now that had, that, that had to be an inside joke. <laughs> it had to be. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say right now. Most of the names in this movie were definitely Vince McMahon picks. Samantha and more. <laughs> I mean, um, and a lot of the jokes in this movie, Vince had a right. Dookie was definitely a Vince line. Definitely put in by by Vince. I'll bet oh, the uh, little teeny tiny wang wang wank line was that. Yeah, any dick or shit joke was Vince. I guarantee it. Guaranteed. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh God. Garen fucking teed. Um, I'm not sure I can go through this movie uh, piece by piece. Um, but we really yeah. can't. And uh, before we go any further, special thank you to uh, 
Conrad Thompson of the uh, Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard show. He's been generous enough to let us use a few clips from an episode of No Holds Bar that they did on their show mm-hmm. tonight. So we're going to incorporate a few of those clips. Yeah. Because, you know, we have to stretch this thing out because as much as I like it and as much as Box doesn't like it, there really isn't a lot of material here in which to stretch. <laughs> well, and I'm not saying I hate the movie again. It's just, it really oozes 1989 cheese, is yeah. all I'm saying. It's not a bad thing. Would Does this movie hold up in the year 2017? No, it really doesn't. Um, but I mean, you know, most of the movie, like I said, was grunting. Let me see. I'm one minute and 13 in, and let me see if there's any grunting right now. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, not yet. Okay, we got music. That's right. Music for the first part. Um, but, you know, then for the rest of the movie, it's just, you know, grunting. I'll get to the grunting. Here we go. Grunting. And we got a what a maneuver by <laughs> yes, me, Gene. wrote the script. <laughs> uh, gee, I wonder who wrote that one in there. Oh, <laughs> that was, look, I'm telling look, man, that was cutting edge commentary right there. It was, man. Absolutely. The, the, this, the, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, this is the one part we get to see Jesse um, looking like he does not even want to be there, to be honest with you. <laughs> He's looking at me and Gene like, where's my check? <laughs> Did you know there was thermite paint in this building? Okay. <laughs> 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 All right, I'm sorry. No, this was way before that. I'm sorry. Uh, th- I believe this is before Jesse was a uh, conspiracy theory weirdo. Maybe not, but um, yeah. Man, uh, just real quick, like, uh, were you a fan of his commentary back in the day? Yeah, I kind of grew up listening to him, so, you know, it was, yeah, I, I, I really was. I mean, he wasn't great by any means. I mean, listen, you listen to a guy like, you know, Bobby Bobby the Brain and even Mean Gene, but uh, Jesse came up with a few gems here and there. No, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I was really young, but uh, I know he was good, and I know him and Vince actually were a great pair together. When him and Vince were announcing, yeah, I, yeah. Looking back, it's like it'll never be that way again because obviously, you know, times have changed. Vince is older, and he's way much. He's much more of a control freak man than he probably was back then. Mm-hmm. But it, it's amazing to think. Remember how like Jesse used to? <laughs> it's funny when I go back on the network and look look at old shows and old clips, just to listen to Jesse just freely and openly mock <laughs> and tear Vince a new ass. Oh, he would and Vince just, <laughs> Oh, he would berate, berate Vince, and you know that was you know st- still the um um air finger quoting here the kayfabe days, and uh, you know it, it, no one knew Vince was the owner yet. He was kind of just an announcer, but you know. Well, to be fair, if you weren't watching Inside Edition and Larry King, you did not know he was the owner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, you know, look, we also had, and uh, the other three guys in this movie, um, you've seen in a ton of movies. I'm talking about uh, Kurt Fuller, uh, who played Brel. Uh, obviously, we, we've mentioned Zeus, Tommy, Tiny Lister, or, you know, Tiny Zeus Lister. 
Um, David uh, Unger is the other guy that I'm talking about, which is uh, David Pamer. I uh-huh. think that's how you say his name. And the um, the third, uh, the other guy is in a few movies here and there, but he does pop up. I believe it's Bill Henderson. Yeah, he's been he's been around a lot. Yeah, yeah, he has now. Kurt Fuller, I would say, pops up in a few movies here and there, but the man's got 190 credits under his belt. Uh, you have seen him in, oh my God, I mean, I believe Mississippi Burning. Uh, oh my God, hold on, let me let me name a few here. But like I said, this guy's got 190 credits under his I, belt. I got him pulled up right here. He yeah. was uh, in The Running Man. Yep, Running Man, great movie. Love them in Ghostbusters too. I don't get. I know a lot of people shit on Ghostbusters, but I fucking love Ghostbusters too. Red Heat. He, he plays a. He plays a great asshole. Yeah. And, whatever he's in. Yeah, and Red Heat. I literally just watched Red Heat last weekend. He was in the original Wayne's World. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Calendar Girl. I don't know if you ever saw that. No, no, I didn't. I uh, did a did an episode of Quantum Leap. Love that show. Love that show. I He's in anger management. Say, um, I thought he was in Mississippi Burning, uh, but I'm not sure uh, if that's. It's hard to believe. Apparently, he started his career in '87. Uh, you, he, for some reason, I, I picture him being around longer than '87. <laughs> yeah, no, he started in an, in an episode of Knight Rider. How's that? Wow. Yeah. In an episode of Knight Rider was his first kind of uh, acting gig there. But this guy, you've just... I mean, he was in Wayne's World. There you go. That's what I know him from. He was Russell in Wayne's World. Um, the um, the producer, I believe. Yeah. He was the producer in Wayne's World. Uh, that's the movie. And he was in the Faculty TV series. But, I mean, this guy, like I said, 190 credits under his belt and uh, not stopping anytime soon. Matter of fact, there's one, two, three, four, five things between this year, 2017, and 2018 that he is in. So you'll be seeing this guy a lot more, you know, between TV and movies. But, uh, you know, tons of stuff. Uh, Again, the other guy, Bill Henderson. He's been in White Men Can't Jump. He's been in um, City Slickers. This guy's another one you just kind of see show up in a bunch of different movies. He was in uh, CB4. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, he was in, uh, I don't know, you probably never saw Trippin', but he was in that movie. I, no. I love that movie. It's very, it's very yeah, underrated. He, he, was, he, he was in Fletch. Oh, wow, that's taking it back. I liked Fletch. and F- I even liked Fletch too. How's that? Fletch yeah, that, that's when Chevy Chase was on a de- on a decline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he was you know clutching his straws <laughs> at that point. Yeah, Fletch yeah. lives. Yeah, and Charles Levin is uh, another one. Um, <clears throat> you've seen in a few. He was actually on. Um, he, he was an ADA on. Uh, what? Ah, damn it! What's I? NYPD Blue for about uh, one, two, three, four, five episodes. Oh, I told you everything ties into it, dude. Yeah, and uh, speaking of which, I got a few uh, interesting factoids in my notes here. Ooh. You want to hear them? Ooh, you know, uh, obviously, uh, the music was handled by uh, one Jim Johnston. Uh, yep, yep, yep. 
you know, he he's created countless classics, and uh, that No Holds Bar theme. I don't know what you think about it. I love that song. <laughs> All right, the song's fine. It's, it's catchy. No, it's, I, I just like it. It's catchy. It is. It is. Um, it, the production company bad. that it, financed this fine feature, Shane Distribution Company. <laughs> and it, I wonder where yeah. that name came from. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> And, you know, one of the bands that did a couple of the songs on the soundtrack was called NRBQ. I had never heard of them or realized I had heard of them until I started listening to a couple of their songs. I tried to get the soundtrack for the movie, but I couldn't get all the songs. So I just said, fuck it. Uh, You know, but uh, yeah. Uh, But um, this movie actually did do pretty well at the box office. Um you know, like we said, 1989, the movie debuted at number two behind Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. I mean, come on, Indiana fucking Jones. Uh, you know, but uh, Hogan wrote in, the auto, in his autobiography, the budget was about eight. Uh, final ticket sales for the movie was 16 million. So the movie doubled itself pretty much. Yeah, um, well, according to Bruce Pritchard on his show, apparently, from what he was hearing back at the time, it was more or less $6 million, like in the $6 million range to make. Really? Yeah, and it actually it says Vince McMahon, who financed the movie, more or less broke even after distribution fees. So the movie yeah. didn't really make money. I'm sure by now it's made them money. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. They, would, they wouldn't have re-released it on DVD if it wasn't a moneymaker right, for Right, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, I'm sure there was something that, um, yeah, that that spurred him to do this now. And I mean, it probably cost him nothing to do it now. He owns all the fucking rights to the movie. So hell, all he has to do is burn a, you know, burn a press a DVD and send it out. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually kind of glad they did because once again, it's good to have that movie in your collection because it's no holds barred. <laughs> No holes barred. <laughs> I did not have it actually. I had like an I had an old worn beat up uh, VHS tape, so and I honestly didn't think it would ever get re released. But mm. I'll be I was pleasantly surprised, and I did pick up the DVD when they re released it a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. Now, if you do follow this movie a little bit, um, it's basically what wrestling is now. It's the evil you know bosses trying to manipulate the wrestlers <laughs> it's the same oh, thing come on nothing's no, changed honestly like I, I i feel like it's the opposite almost it's almost like everybody was the enemy in this movie it's like vince made a movie about his enemies before his enemies were his enemies <laughs> yeah. whether it was ted turner whether it was WC did, you know, <laughs> that's what it did. You, did you get that vibe from it? Uh, yeah, I mean, a little bit. Um, but, you know, one of the crazy, you know, I don't know. Like I said, this movie had a lot of grunting and, uh, you know, basically he goes to this. Uh, let's go ahead and lay it out a little bit for everybody. Starts off Hulk Hogan. He's wrestling in the ring. He's a big wrestler named Rip. Rip Thomas. Rip Thomas. And Rip him. Like, why couldn't they just call him Hulk Hogan? I'm curious about that. Uh, but, well, he's Hulk Hogan throughout the whole movie anyway. Do rag and all. Every, come on. You know, that's what he is. <laughs> um, You know, he's doing that. And they have the 
kind of evil authority figure at a different rate, uh, different television station. <coughs> it's Ted Turner. Um, the <laughs> you, you, you. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't. Uh, I was ba- I was waiting for that wrestling. Yeah, we didn't. We, yeah. Didn't, we didn't get that Southern drawl from Billionaire yeah. Ted. I was wrestling. I was waiting wrestlers. for it. We didn't get that. So no. I was disappointed in that. No. And I mean, you know, he's offering them all kinds of money. And, you know, this is probably basically what Ted Turner was doing. You know, basically, look, the check is blank. You fill it out. I want you on my television, you know, for my company. Hogan stands his ground because he's a real American, brother. And, uh, you know, this is one of the worst acted scenes I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. This scene here is shit. I'm sorry. You can... Slap me, beat me up. The scene here is absolutely horrible. Oh, uh, any office? Yes, yes. This office scene where he's literally in there, you know, basically the guy puts his hands on Hogan, and, uh, you know, Hogan kind of does his look like, oh, brother, he touched me. So, you know, he, he uh, you know, I, ah, uh, hell, he basically. Oh, what the hell? Let's just do it. <laughs> oh, my God. I won't be around when this check clears. <laughs> there was the growl. See? With the rip sign. He literally walks out of a business meeting Throwing up the ripped sign. Oh, oh uh, box. What? I want to, since you brought up this scene, did you take note of uh, Hogan's wardrobe? Oh, absolutely. Like I said, he's Hogan through and through throughout this movie. He's wearing spandex, and there's actually some uh, interesting tidbits. Ooh, about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just sent you a message. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna start. Play that. Cue that clip up. First one. Let me start it. Hold on a sec here. Hold on one sec. I'm going to be close to it here. I can't get exactly there, but we'll be a few seconds early. We'll be like 20 seconds early. No big deal. I'll go ahead and uh, I'm going to start it up. Let's make sure. Hold on. Let me make sure it's going to play before I even play it. All right. We should have no problems. None. Let's see here. Heard of. uh, The Highlander comes to mind. Uh, as being one that a lot of folks would recognize, the X Files, uh, CSI, Alias, uh, Taken. He did lots of television shows that you're probably familiar with: Bones, Criminal Minds, Smallville, uh, One Tree Hill, Grey's Anatomy, Castle, NCIS, Supernatural. So lots of stuff. So he's been pretty active. Did you ever meet Thomas Wright? I did not. I didn't. I didn't make it Here down to the movie set. That was the only people from a company, from well, from the WWF, with the exception of a few of the on-air people like Howard Finkel and Gene and Jesse and those guys, uh, was Steve Taylor, who was our still photographer. All right, wait a minute. You put three times up there. Which one did you mean to play? I mean, I'm sorry, I mistyped. It was 2344. All right, hold on a second. <laughs> I just looked and went, wait a minute. All right, we're going to start at 2322. Here we go. 
spandex uh, pants Here. tucked into his cowboy boots. He's got the bandana. And I can't help but wonder, how many business meetings that Hulk Hogan really go to dressed like this? A lot more than you'd believe. <laughs> That's how he dressed. What the fuck you want from me? So this is not Rip who, who dresses no, like... Rip. Because he was in blue. No, he's God in blue. Damn, you're not, you're not paying attention here, Conrad. He's in black and red there in that scene. Yep. Okay, well, black and red, you know. Uh, are you really saying that Hogan dressed like this? I'm like, if y'all are just going to go to dinner, that's his go-to? It has been, yes. I have been to dinner in, in total red spandex with yellow cowboy boots, yes. <laughs> Like, not, not working. Oh, just tell so- me that if you fucking didn't have the body and thought you could pull it off, that you wouldn't wear just some, like, total, like, orange spandex and shit, maybe with a little bit, bit of purple accent. I, I just, you know, Ric Flair doesn't go to dinner in a robe. Oh, he has. <laughs> I'm about to say bullshit. Well, he's probably in a different state of mind there. So, in this scene where he's offering... Uh, this jockass to come to his network, he offers him a blank check. All right, there we go. I, I, I believe that was the, 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 the all of it, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dude, that, that Ric Flair has never gone to dinner in a robe. Fuck you. I don't believe that for <laughs> one second. No way. I know he has. Everyone knows he has. Um, let's go on to the next scene here where uh, Hulk Hogan is uh, getting his limo Picks him up to take him back because he's ready to leave. You know, like I said, he storms out of the meeting, throws up the rip sign, and takes off with a little in the middle of it. Um, As he's leaving, he keeps telling the driver, hey, you missed a turn. You're going the wrong way, brother. And then uh, next thing you know, you know, he realizes something's wrong when all the windows go dark. Now... It would literally be dark in the car if all those windows were blacked out like they were supposed to be. I want you to know that. I do. Um, But anyway, Hulk Hogan realizes he's trapped and he starts kicking the car. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I've driven a limo. I owned a limo and drove a limo. If someone is in the back, it doesn't affect how you drive. They could be literally doing backflips and it won't affect the way the Hulk Hogan's kicking the car and the guy loses control because he's kicking the fucking doors because it's Hulk Hogan in his prime like Hulk Hogan was jacked to the gills dude I have had people sport fucking to where I thought the fucking shocks were gonna break driving up I-95 in Florida and nothing made that car fucking move trust me trust me trust me Cars do not move like that. But anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. You know, that's that's not how it works. But anyway, yeah, this is Hulk Hogan. I guess Rip can do anything. Uh, the guy starts losing control of the car. He finally pulls in, I guess, to where he's supposed to take Hogan. And uh, this is where Rip starts kicking ass. Now, once again... Uh, ridiculousness. He's kicking the car door. It doesn't open. He looks at the roof and notices it's not that strong. Hulk Hogan jumps out like fucking Booyaka Rey Mysterio 
I mean, who's that jumping out the sky? It's fucking Rip Thomas. Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's, he, he rockets out of the sunroof on the limousine and starts kicking these guys' asses. Um, I wish it wasn't such a visual. I would love to play this for you, and you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, there is a ton of uh, lots of grunting in this scene. Um, and this is obviously the scene that most people know this movie for. Uh, after he kicks all these guys' asses, he starts heading for the driver. And look, I can't, I can't do it justice. Okay, uh, by the way, he is tearing the door off the hinges, even though there is no windshield. Just, just throwing that out there. Okay, back to this part. What's that smell? <laughs> Oh, Dookie. Who do you think wrote that joke? <laughs> Who do you think's probably still laughing at that joke today? Like, literally, I could imagine Vince just walking around today being like, Hey there, Dookie. <laughs> Dookie. <laughs> I said Dookie. <laughs> Vince is a deeper, growly <laughs> voice fucking... Beavis. <laughs> Which brings us to our next timestamp of 2610. <laughs> Play it now. Hold on a second here. Yeah, can. I can't even do it justice. 2610. Give me a second to see how close I Oh, 26. I can get to 26 dead nuts. So I'll play it from there 10 seconds before. Here you go, sir. <laughs> he, um, he snatches the limo driver up by the collar. Do you remember what he says? Can you recreate that for us? What's that smell? Dookie! When I saw that scene recently, after you had been doing your Vince McMahon impression for me, I can't help but think that Vince is off camera and approaches Hogan and coaches him up on how to make this scene work. What might that sound like? Goddamn, pal. <laughs> you grab him. And you get him by the collar. And you squeeze. And right about this time, he shits his drawers. <laughs> and you... <laughs> get a big whiff. Get a big whiff. And then you... Look him in the eyes and ask, What's that smell? <laughs> and all he can say is, Dookie. And you look at him, Dookie! Yeah, man. Back to one-on-one, pal. That's fucking perfect. I love that shit. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm, <laughs> you do a good one box, but that I, <laughs> when I heard that, I swear I laughed for a good ten minutes. I really can't uh, do voices to the full potential here. Uh, I can't yell, and I can't really let them fly like I should be able to. Soon, well, would you say that was an accurate? Uh, per, uh, portrayal of how that conversation probably went down. Oh, I, I, I it, he was probably standing there and just didn't want to say it. Believe. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I believe. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. Up and down this movie, Vince's humor, his, his hand, his fingerprints are all over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would honestly say accurate would be a key, a, definitely a key word for this movie. Um, now you know. Uh, Real quick, this is where, uh, right after this, Hulk Hogan walks in and meets his new agent. Uh, and his agent is, again, Samantha and more. Uh, played by Joan Severance. Gorgeous, gorgeous girl. Um, very hot in this movie. She's actually, she was in uh, uh, I See No Evil, Hear No Evil with uh, Pryor, yeah, and, Pryor and Wilder. And, and she again, a, she's just a beautiful... Oh, my God, her eyes are amazing. And she was also in another movie that's a little underrated. I think it was a straight-to-VHS uh, type of movie called Payback with C. Thomas Howe. She was a waitress in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. need to look that up if you've never seen it. Yeah, I mean, she was in Bird on a Wire. Uh, I mean, she's been in a, a, a more than just you know one one thing. I mean, she's done a bunch of TV movies. I mean, she's got like, uh, you know, 55 credits, you know, too. So, you know, done a lot of things. Nothing huge, but uh, again, she was in the, you know, one movie with Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor, which, you know, oh, she did an episode of Max Hedrum. Holy shit. Holy shit. She was in Lethal Weapon, uncredited. Wait, which one? The first one? I remember her in the first one when they break into the house. She's the girl in the black miniskirt who runs out of the house. That was her. Yes. I, I I'm literally looking at this, and going. I remember the scene. I re I, I remember the the the, the beautiful blonde uh, uh, brunette with the eyes. That was her. Right there when they uh, not break in, but the girl invites him into the house. The two girls that are doing blow, she's one of them. Ow. I know. Now I want to actually pull up that movie and check it out. But Because uh... <laughs> I remember the scene, but I didn't put two and two together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't either until literally I just saw that credit as uncredited. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm like 99.9% .9 sure that's the scene she's in. Because I, I can't remember any other scene where there's you know like just a girl in a black dress that scene it's one's in her black dress and i think the other girl's like in a a white dress or something i don't know anyway that was my uh yeah moment for the show right there Mhm. Mm mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well i definitely remember the uh chick that did the swan dive in the beginning was definitely in white yeah yeah definitely do remember that. Um, Hulk Hogan starts telling his new agent he doesn't want to do business there. She invites him to dinner to some fancy restaurant. 
And uh, she's all like, well, I'm not sure if you'd like it because I'm some fancy bitch. And turns out he knows everyone there, goes there all the time. Speaks fucking French. Yeah, speaks speaks French. French. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) Hulk Hogan. But yeah, he speaks fucking French. You know, she's already all impressed and wet. Even though she doesn't want to admit it, you can tell. You can tell. You know. But um, the evil authority figures from the other company end up at a... I mean, dude, this... I mean, let's face it. They're fighting in an octagon. This was UFC before UFC. I don't know when UFC officially started. Uh, I want to say it was like 93. Let me see here. UFC... And then I probably, I would say I can go to their Google or their uh, wiki. Should be something truthful on there, right? Yeah. If you can't trust the <laughs> internet, who the fuck can you trust? Nobody. Not even your mama. Let's see here. No, let's see here. Uh, early competition, early 90s. That's all it really says. Yeah, I just remember 93 because I know that's when like Shamrock came out. I think that's when I first heard about Shamrock. Yeah, I mean, they had brutal, in 1993, that's where they first started, uh, you know, trying to find partners for this, but, uh, which is when it started becoming televised. But, I mean, you know, they they go into this dirty bar, which is like a little dive bar, and um, literally these guys are, you know, bare knuckle, uh, damn near bare knuckle fighting in a... Tough man contest, basically. It's basically a tough man contest. By the way, the name... That he comes up with is totally Vince. Totally <laughs> Vince, by the way. And by the way, there's the there is a midget in this scene. Just I'm I'm sorry, little person, uh, tossing stuff for no apparent reason. Uh, I wonder who put that scene in there. Gotta have a midget. Gotta have a <laughs> midget. Anyway, uh, you know the, the but these guys are beating the shit out of each other and you know the 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 big head honcho is all impressed by it but the other two guys are a little disgusted by it uh just you know the the guys just it's just it's it's a it's a real it's basically like a scene from roadhouse just really not 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 good which (laughs) what now it's two flunkies Uh uh-huh would you say they were like an early version of uh, Patterson and Briscoe? Would they would become on air? I'm not saying in real life. Oh yeah. On air. Oh, I'm 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 probably I, I wouldn't doubt if this was close to real life too. <laughs> yes, Mister McMahon. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't doubt for one second this wasn't too close to uh, the real Patterson and Briscoe right here. Um, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they're in there, and this is where he starts getting the idea to have the uh, the contest. And the next day, after seeing all these brutal beatings, he does announce... Let me see if I can get... Let me see how far I can get to that scene here. Oh, wait a minute. We gotta play the, the scene where the, uh, the, guy, the two little flunkies go to the bathroom, and they start talking shit about the clientele and everything. And um, their waitress, who sounded like she's been snorting coke since, uh, I don't know, the 70s, 
Yeah, yeah she also sounded and looked like she had the uh, TNA. Yeah, <laughs> she looked like she had the Sunny, if you will. Um, <laughs> she, she looks like she had the Sunny, and uh, they're in the 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 bathroom trying to you know pee, and they're they're here here. What the fuck? Let's do it. Let's do it. Stupidest, crudest, most subhuman beings I have ever encountered. And those waitresses, they ought to be in body bags, not wet t-shirts. <laughs> Would these idiots even know the difference? <laughs> Great color, Brill says. Yeah, if you like slime green. <laughs> How about pus yellow? <laughs> what the hell was that? Oh, God. <laughs> Certainly not you, sir. We meant the other idiot. Yeah. I mean, the gentleman. No, 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 no please. What? What? What do we got here? A teeny wing. And here's another. It ain't even worth it. There's another joke I know Vince wrote. Like I said, any shit or dick joke you know was written by the man. That's it. We know his fucking sense of humor. That's definitely a, a, another Vince scene right there. So, you know, I could just say, make a dick joke. But uh, here's the scene where, um, th this is actually the one I was looking for right after this, where he announces the tough man kind of contest he's having. Give me just a second to get back to it here. I kind of flew past it. Accidentally. Here we go. Wait. Three. Two. Here we go. Announce. The next month, the World Television Network will be premiering a great new show. The Battle of the Tough Guys. The competition will be open to any red-blooded American man who's got the guts to get into the ring. Okay. Battle of the Tough Guys. Who do you think? Another one. Who do you think that name was from? Battle of the Tough Guys. <laughs> you don't think Vince wrote that one too? You know what? I, the Battle of the Tough Guys, the whole concept. What does that remind you of? Brawl for All. Thank you. Mm hmm. I mean, it, it, it's like, so, you know, we'll get to it as we go on through the movie, but it's like this movie was trying to predict It's like this movie predicted the future <laughs> with a lot of shit. Or did art become reality? Maybe Vince Russo. Maybe this is Vince Russo's favorite movie. That's <laughs> all I can think of. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is I'm watching Total Divas the other day. Don't ask. And uh, one of the writers comes up. His last name is Russo. I got nervous right away. Right away I got nervous. It wasn't Vince, but... You know, he shouldn't even hire a writer with that last name as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but anyway, this uh, they're at this, uh, you know, they're, they show the guys going in and, you know, they're airing this battle of the tough guys. Next thing you know, the, the whole wall breaks down. And uh, who is it? It's Zeus. And... I don't know if this was Zeus 
or Dr. Claw by The Voice. Uh, do you know who Dr. Claw is? Oh, yeah. Very much so. Okay. Yeah. Let's see here. Here. And $100,000 richer, the champion of the Battle of the Tough Guys is... What was the name? Actually, he sounds like the alien from Independence Day. Oh, um, speaking of Zeus, because I don't know when, we're not going to bring him up too many other times on the show, but I actually got a few little factoids on him. Oh, who? On uh, Zeus or Tiny Lister, which is, uh, which is like oxymoronic on so many levels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, yeah, it's like calling a fat guy slim, you know. Yeah, but uh, he was born blind with a detached and deformed retina Ooh. in his right eye. Well, that explains a lot, obviously. Yep, uh, let me see. Uh, quite the athlete, apparently. Let me see. Well, that's not surprising at all. That guy looks like a... I was actually, honestly, I was actually surprised, because if you watched him, his his brief wrestling career, mm-hmm. sucked. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I mean, look. I mean, for what they had him doing, I guess he kind of fit the role, but in terms of just, like, looking like he could do anything athletic at all, he sucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he did, but I mean, you know, not every athlete is going to translate to wrestling. It's a different thing. It's in front of, it, 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 it's just a different thing. It really is, man. And that's why, you know, we've said this before, not every former football player or former whatever is going to be a good fucking wrestler. It just doesn't always work. But they seem to think it does. So now I, I'm assuming he was a football player. Uh, let's see. He actually did the shock put. Really? Let me see here. Yep. Lister was the 1982 NCAA Division II National Shot Put Champion, and currently the Cal State LA Athletic Department sponsors an annual track meet in his name. After college, Lister competed for the Converse Track Club, eventually raising his shot put mark to. 64 feet 3 inches before trying out with the New Orleans Breakers of the United States Football League. He was cut after two exhibition games and opted to pursue acting instead. Hmm. Interesting. That is pretty fucking interesting. Um, yeah, but I mean, I mean it, it, and like I said, not every athlete is going to translate to everything, but I mean, obviously he was a good... Look, this guy played the president in Fifth Element. (laughs) He has quite the uh, diverse uh, resume here. Debo, everyone. We're talking about Debo. Yeah, but even before that, like, uh, you remember a show called First and Ten? Mm Mm-hmm. He was on that. He did... Three episodes of Matlock. Uh... Oh, the guy's got some credits. Listen, no one can put that, that the guy hasn't had a really good career for... Listen, he's not the greatest actor. Big guys like that are very, I, I dare say, typecast. Yeah, but he has a unique look. He does. If you need a crazy-looking, you know, giant black man to intimidate people, he's the guy. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm because I'm, I'm. 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 You can help me out here. I'm drawing a blank. He was in the movie with John Candy, wasn't he? 
when he won the John Candy movies? I don't know, but what are you smacking over there? I'm sorry, I was tapping. Uh, I want to say it was a uh, oh, it was Armed and Dangerous. Armed and oh my God, Armed and Dangerous. Him and Eugene Le- uh, Levy and Meg Ryan. Uh, trust me, I love that fucking movie. I really do. That is an ex. I can't believe I forgot about that movie. That is a really, really good fucking movie. Really good fucking movie. They're uh, they're basically uh, John Candy is a uh, a cop who gets kind of framed for uh, a little theft and gets kicked off the force. They become uh, armed guards for an armored car. Um, armored co- guard dog security is the name of it. It's kind of a corrupt thing, and they break up, break it wide open, but. It's a really funny movie. Yeah, Meg Ryan, when she was still hot, is in it. Uh, Eugene Levy, who obviously was the dad in American Pie. I do remember that movie. That is a very underrated movie. Very, very underrated. Check it out. So, let me see where I'm at now. I'm at the part where they're... uh, Oh, of course, he has to fly out and do some press with the uh, the new agent because, you know, that's just how it always is. And, uh, you know, they're flying out. Oh, it, of course, only gets left down to where they have one room together. Um, now, before I get to that, Rip in this movie isn't just a wrestler. He's kind of a superhero. Am I right, Anthony? Yeah. I would say that he. I mean, they show him like <laughs> I got. I gotta. Go, I gotta uh, mention this. We passed the scene along. Mm-hmm. But how hilarious was it when they had Hogan? At, I guess some kind of uh, some kind of get together for the kids, and I guess he's teaching them about wrestling, yes. like amateur. I guess it was quote unquote amateur wrestling. Yeah. Now I'm not going to sit here and say Hogan's like the worst wrestler ever. I just thought that was kind of comical. They yeah. had Hogan teaching wrestling to a bunch of kids. Yeah, he was, and that's where Zeus... That's what that was comical. <laughs> yeah. But before that, before... And we're actually not to that yet. Before that scene, they're in a restaurant that Hulk Hogan takes them to where, you know, he knows everybody. I'm sorry, Rip. And uh, <laughs> it, these guys, of course, break in to rob the place, and he starts throwing every kind of food at these two guys. Um, he even, he even uh fucking wrestled a gun away from somebody with ease. He did. Ease. He did. He, he there's two of them. He he's throwing pies and cakes, and he does not throw the watermelon, which you know, kind of is weird. But uh, he doesn't throw it, and you know the girls on, under the table basically scared. Hulk Hogan's throwing people down the fucking bar like any other movie. And he wrestles the gun away from the, the the guy and basically foils the robbery. Again, he's like a, he's literally in spandex wrestling boots and a do rag. Yeah. That's it. You yeah, know? I mean, th- if you really think about it, it's like, wow. This is Vince this is his envisionment of whoever his top baby face is in any given era. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was Hogan with this, John Cena's a Marine, he's jumping through burning buildings, he always saves a girl in 12 rounds or 7 hours or mm-hmm. 2 minutes or whatever. 
whatever yep. it is. Yep, and you know, uh, B Megs in the chat says, you know, this is kind of like the precursor to Cena. Oh yeah, this is it. And you know, the, the, the Samantha is just looking at him once again. You can tell she's dripping in her panties. She's looking at the crowd, and she's like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, you know, so they finally go back to the hotel. There's only one bed. Uh, Rip, being the charming guy he is, puts up some sort of barrier between the bed. But it's just, there's like little flirting going on. Meanwhile, she comes out in bra and panties. And for 1989, she was smoking hot, dude. Oh, yeah, Seriously. I'm not going to deny that. Um very, 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 very attractive woman. Yeah, yeah. And they're sitting there talking a little bit. And, you know, Hogan's sitting there in, like, these little 1975 basketball player shorts that are, you know, right up to the fucking crotch. And, uh, you know, for some reason. And then it goes to another scene where, you know, she kind of wakes up and the bed is shaking. And Hulk Hogan's literally in a pair of Speedos <laughs> doing push-ups and of course they wanted it to obviously they wanted it to sound like he was over there spanking his meat or something. But he's Yeah, literally... that, that that was another Vince. I was about to bring that up myself. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and literally he's over there in a pair of speedos for no reason and I literally all they wanted to do was show Hulk Hogan's ass in this movie, I believe. That's really what they wanted to do. That's it. Just you know, he's all baby oiled up. They want to show his back and ass. That, that's that. That's all the movie was for. Oh, this scene was for. Now, box. Let me ask you something. Mm -hmm. This movie came out in eighty nine, which means it was probably filmed sometime in like eighty eight, right? Mm -hmm. How disappointed were you that at no point was the nineteen eighties wrestling uniform represented? I didn't see one wrestler in a pair of Zubas, a fanny pack, and a Gold's Gym uh, little shirt there. I mean, I was disappointed. You would have thought Hogan would have brought that look, re represented that look somehow. Yeah, you would have thought. You would have thought. I mean, I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm, a wrestling movie in the 80s, and you don't see one wrestler in a pair of Zubas, a fanny pack, and the uh, Gold's Gym? Well... I don't know, man. Maybe Hulk was just go. You know, he was a spandex guy. He loved the spandex, so maybe that's what they I mean, were. Yeah, Vince. I mean, I'm sure you'll probably see some old pictures of Vince in there with the uh, Zubas on. Yeah, I really couldn't tell you, but uh, I, 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 I'm thinking the same thing, B Megs. But Zubas was like '90s, like early, early '90s. I, I, I might be old, but I could have sworn that was like an '80s thing because I thought that was something the Road Warriors came up with. <laughs> I'm wearing mine Why right now. Why just show me his fucking Zuba? <laughs> I'm wearing mine right now. <laughs> yep, yep, they're official too. I am wearing my Zubas right now. But, um, yeah, I mean, and, and then it goes to a part where Hogan's trying to get all serious. And basically she tells him, I ain't no ring rat, motherfucker. And uh, he gets offended by that. You know, they're all trying to get deep, and he gets offended by that. He, <laughs> he, he, he you know, and he storms out of the... And, and, uh, there is one point where he lies in the bed. The bed breaks. She rolls over on top of him. Uh, and that's where he. she basically says, I ain't no, you know, ring rat or whatever. But, uh, 
you know, well, you have to remember this is 1980. This is pre scan. This is even pre uh, steroid scandal. So mm-hmm. it's at the time where Hogan is still pretty much clean cut, PG. Nothing's exposed about the guy yet. So they had to walk that fine line. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is also where the next scene we find out Samantha was actually hired by the evil authority Burrell to uh, try to get close to Hogan or, or Rip. Again, he's trying everything he can to get Rip over to his company to fight his new boy, you know, Zeus or, you know, that, yeah, Zeus. Sorry, Zeus. Um, no, no. Zeus. And, uh, you know, basically he, he smacks her. Uh, he, she runs over to Hogan. He immediately forgives her. He's like, no, don't worry. I want the pussy. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> no, don't be upset. I forgive you. I still want to fuck you, so I forgive you. Hey, I, look, look you know, like you said, you said many times, attractive woman. So I, I can't. I got. I'll cut Hogan some slack on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And here we go. Here, and you know, while they're doing it, they're talking about. Uh, they're kind of fooling around a little bit. You know, Hulk Hogan's got on a you know rip back t shirt, like you know, rip back tank top, like Hogan always does. Uh, they're kind of lying there. They're talking about the new champion, this and that. They think they're talking about him, but it's not. It's Zeus. And I'll go ahead and play that part. Let's see where I'm at right now here. Hold on. Joining me here in the studio tonight, and all probability, the most feared athlete in the world. A fighter who is both admired and vilified. A fighter who's been called both the thriller and the killer. Is here to be Rip. entered. Rip. I know you out there. And I'm waiting for you. a challenge. <laughs> okay. Uh. That, that was very... I gotta say, I gotta say, for this movie is very schizophrenic. It's it again. I'm and I'm telling you, every single time there was a little spot, they're like, just growl, growl, just yeah, growl. It's like this is 1989. It's like they're trying to protect the business, but yet they're exposing it. It's like weird. Like it's a PG movie, but yet it's implied rape and women getting slapped around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, this, it, this movie was like I said, very weird for it, a 1989 movie. <laughs> it was, and actually, the implied rape's coming up in a couple minutes here. Uh, minutes here. Um, this is the scene you were talking about where he was just teaching the kids to wrestle, like amateur oh, yeah. wrestling. And, uh, you know, they're at the little, uh, it's obviously some sort of charity event. And uh, a helicopter comes flying in. Hogan, you know, Rip is in front of everyone holding them back. Like he's holding the kids back like they're going to go come, you know, attack this giant beast of a man. <laughs> 
fuck is going on here? But, uh, <laughs> you know, he this, comes this, down. This was the original, we got to make Hogan strong, brother. Oh, my God. Dude. I wish we could teleport 2014 CM Punk back to 1989. <laughs> got to make Hogan look strong, brother. <laughs> yeah, and Zeus at this point is so fucking big, he can't put his fucking arms down, which is, you know, probably good he laid off the roids, allegedly. Uh, and, you know, this is another attempt to uh, challenge Rip, and they kind of bitch him out here, and, you know, Rip doesn't oh. say anything, and they're like, well, look, he won't say yes. The real champion is Zeus. Uh, you know, and this is where... What were you going to say, Anthony? No, I was going to say, there's no allegedly about the roids. Uh, Apparently, um, Tiny Zeus did an uh, interview with Peter, Peter Rosenberg a few years ago, where he basically said he went in when he went in for the audition. Mm-hmm. He went in as Zeus. He didn't go in as Tiny Lister. He went in full character. Oh, he basically had the Z on his head. He he put lifts in his shoes. So he because him and Hogan are about the same height, mm-hmm. but he put lifts in his shoes. So he actually towered over Hogan. And when he came in, they basically looked at him and said, "Hey, you got the part." They gave him two to three months to get ready for the role. And he said in that time frame, he went from 285 to 305. So this dude gained 20 pounds of muscle in three months, in two to to three months. So I'll leave it to your imagination how he got there. Because you know when he showed up in the movie and showed up on WWE, he was jacked to the fucking gills. Oh, that was like chicken breast and eggs, dude. All chicken breast and eggs. He was on that uh, Jinder Mahal diet, apparently. Uh, Exactly, yeah, the, uh, (laughs) the Jinder Mahal Scott Steiner diet. Um you know, but uh, this leads us to the scene where uh, Samantha is heading to her car. Some dude attacks her. And, of course, Hogan is riding. I'm sorry, Rip is uh, <laughs> riding up on his Harley, which, I mean, you know, that we all know Hogan does ride. Hogan does. Vince does, too. I don't know if anyone's ever seen the picture of Vince and Hogan riding their Harleys down the street. But, Still more convincing than Baron Corbin on the uh, <laughs> on the old hog there, right? Absolutely, but you know Hogan pulls up. I'm, I keep calling him Hogan. Fuck it, dude. It's Hulk Hogan. Hogan pulls up right when she's you know she's down on the ground. This guy is uh, you know attempting rape, like Anthony said, and uh, he chases him down, beats the guy's ass. But the 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 strangest thing about this part is what Hogan is saying to her. And I've got to play it because it's like, you know, I mean, obviously this is, you know, Hogan's running this guy on a motorcycle across. This is another funny-ass part where Hogan just slams the guy into a fucking tree off of his motorcycle. But uh, he goes back to Samantha, and he's like, literally, he's talking to her like they've known each other for years. Listen to this shit. They've known each other since, like, what? They met each other, like, less than a week ago, according to this movie? Yeah. Yep. Okay. God, I hate it when you're hurt. Or scared. You know? I know. No, you don't. You know why? You've only known him for, like, a fucking week. You don't know. Anyway. (laughs) That's my take on that scene. Bullshit. I call yeah. bullshit. Hey. All right, so they're setting up for this huge fucking, uh, you know, so basically th- th- there's another fight with Zeus, 
And we haven't mentioned that uh, Rip has a brother in this movie that he really cares for. Uh, his brother's named Randy in this. And he's a little, kind of a skinny guy. But he goes over to watch Zeus and uh, fight. And he's trying to run out of there. He accidentally bumps into Brel. Literally, accidentally bumps into Brel. Brel finds out who he is. And Zeus beats the shit out of uh, Randy uh, for, you know, Randy stepped up to him. Uh, and he beat the shit out of Randy, and of course this had, uh, this gets Hogan all pissed off. Um, then there's the part where he goes to the gym, and he's tearing the gym apart. A lot of growling in that scene. Lots of growling. And <laughs> uh, and he's being filmed. Here, let's... Let's get all the growling out here. Nope, I'm before the growls. Just a little, here we go. the growling yes uh, 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 there's more this is total here rip said the worms are too good for you rip all right lots of growling gur, gur, yeah, you, <laughs> you know all of the growling makes me think that an iron mike sharp had an uncredited role somewhere in this movie you never know you never know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he was the editor, and we don't even know it. But, yeah, lots of growling in this scene. And, you know, there was even kind of a hologramish kind of thing where they had his uh, Zeus's picture through a mirror. And, uh, you know, Hulk Hogan breaks it. He's tearing the place up. But he finally obviously agrees to fight Zeus. And, you know, this is the... And then we go to the scene where... Hogan actually is a pretty good actor in this scene right here, where he goes to see his brother in the hospital, and he's yeah, like, "Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, it's no, it's no jokes, no sarcasm here. This probably was the uh, closest Hogan ever came to being seen as a good actor on film, which goes to show, had he kind of like worked on that aspect of the acting game a little more, who knows? Who knows? He might have had. Yeah, something. because obviously he had it in him. He did, at least know. based on this one scene." Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's actually got tears going on uh, in both sides of his eyes. But, um, and again, they're bringing on, uh, you know, in, in all this, Hogan's getting ready to fight Zeus. Uh, you know, his, they show scenes with his brother rehabbing, but uh, there's some huge fight going on with him and Zeus. Um, you know, and like I said, in between. Now, of course, there's another plan uh, when they go to do this fight little, you know, fight. I'm not even going to call it a match because it turns out to be a fight. They kidnap Samantha and more. <laughs> and uh you like that nickname, don't you, Box? I, I, would, I would love a chick with the last name and more. I'd find out what the and more was all about. <clears throat> uh, Perfect porn name for the 80s. It really is. 
That, I'm, I'm not even trying to be Samantha and more. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Vince took that from a porn star. That's a porn name for now. What are you talking about? Uh, you know. Um, so they do kidnap her. The guy, you know, Brell calls down and he says, "Make it look good for ten minutes and throw the fight." You know, we've got her. Basically, Rip just goes, "You guys got ten minutes to find." Her. So of course they go looking for. Her. When I say they, I mean uh, his trainer and some other dude who they never explained who the hell he really was. Yeah, he was just kind of like shown like at the end a little bit celebrating with everybody. I'm like, who the hell is that dude? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, this is, you know, not a lot of uh, meat in this part either. This is basically just, you know, the, the fight just goes brutal from on and on and on. Eventually, Samantha escapes, which is really non-climactic that she just escapes uh you know they find they eventually find her before she gets down to the studio and you know zeus is beating the hell out of hulk hogan this is a this is wrestling right here this great fight scene this whole scene is wrestling but yeah they zeus is tearing out fucking turnbuckle corners uh, turnbuckle posts, which, you know, you can literally see the foam shavings coming off the turnbuckle post when he's breaking it. Uh, it it's 1989 again. I'm not making fun of it, but... Uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's cheesy, it's hokey, but that's why we liked wrestling back then. Yeah, exactly. But this is where they realize he's not only trying to beat the hell out of it, he's trying to kill, you know, this guy. The ropes yeah. get beat, and this is the most cheesiest scene again... His, he's Hulk Hogan's got a knee in his, you know, in his face, and uh, his he looks over at his brother, and his brother's over there twitching his finger. That's all he can move, and it's <laughs> come on. But remember what Braille told him though. He said, "Make it look good for ten minutes, and then you lie down." Yeah. Well, what what did you think of that part? Like, put yourself like in a in this. Put yourself in that 1989 frame of mind. You're watching that movie. What do you think when you hear that line? Make it look good for... I mean, obviously, this is at a point where people kind of knew what the deal was with wrestling. Mm -hmm. But it still wasn't acknowledged on air or in any type of public forum that it wasn't on the up and up. No, but believe it or not, boxing was getting this sort of... uh This kind of uh press back then, too, that it was, you know, sort of fixed. And, you know, th th so, you know, it... it it was going around at that point that there was the fix was in, but I mean this wasn't too far before people started realizing this was 1989. You know, a couple, th you know, a few years later, Vince made his little statement that shocked the world. So, you know, I mean, it wasn't that much of a big deal, but I don't know. Again, I was so young when I I saw this movie. I was probably 15, 14, 15 when I saw this movie. You know, my dad took me. To, I was 14, I think, when I saw this. My dad took me to see it. Oh, you got to see it in the movies. Mm -hmm. Nice. Oh, I was 14. 89, 75, 85. Yeah, 80, 14 years old. So, yeah, but that was the last time I had seen it. This wasn't a movie I was like, I need to see this again. But, uh, again, this scene, they're fighting. It, you know, the fight goes back and forth just like any other thing. Um, of course, it ends with Hogan putting... Zeus through a uh, he throws him down a, f a few flights he ends up going through a perfect circle in the middle of the ring uh, I mean that was a perfect circle yeah, and, and uh, funny thing mm -hmm. um, 
this fight scene was a lot realer than me and you and a lot of people realized. Because actually, uh, that scene, I don't know if you noticed, like, uh, when he was in the ring, they did that close-up, and you saw the blood trickling from his nose. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Hogan legitimately broke his nose. Oh, shit. And they, and they kept it in and they kept it in the movie. Hmm. So that scene where you see the blood, that was real. Like, that fight was real. <laughs> when Hogan was throwing them blows, he legitimately broke the man's nose. Oh, shit. Damn. So that wasn't fake blood. No, that's pretty cool, man. But yeah, yeah, literally, like b Max said, he murdered a man and got cheered for it. Um, you know, and then he basically caused another man to die when Brel... You know, he's in there freaking out, causing all this shit. He's throwing electric stuff around. He accidentally puts his hand on a, a uh, some sort of electric thing, computer board, and electrocutes himself. And then you get the happy ending. You know, he holds up the brother. He gets the girl. And um, this shit fest of a movie is over. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, all right, so this, all right, compare and contrast. Okay. Which was better or worse, you know? This is the anniversary show. Okay. First show was ready to rumble. Mm-hmm. Anniversary show is going to be uh, no holds barred. Which was better or worse? Like, which which one would you be quick to watch I'd, and avoid? I'd probably watch ready to rumble over this, which is not, you know, good thing, but it's a little scary. I'd probably watch ready to rumble over this movie. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would watch it. Um, the one thing I can find in trivia that was really, really... Meryl Streep was actually cast as the female lead. She was... <laughs> she was fired. She was fired before filming because she began having creative disputes with Hulk Hogan. Meryl Streep was almost in no holds barred. So Vince McMahon can say he fired Meryl Streep, that son of a bitch. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh shit. I'm surprised we don't hear more about that one. <laughs> yep. Uh and you know the the one scene where I said that Hogan um you know uh, uh, broke the mirrors when he saw the the picture of uh Zeus Hogan actually did slice his hand open in that in that scene too. So, yeah, I mean, there's a few. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> during the Monday Night Wars between WWF and WCW, when the movie was mentioned on an edition of Monday Night Raw, Jim Ross quipped, "The movie did so bad it should have been called No Profit Allowed." Hey, babe. I. Why are you bleeding so bad? I don't know. They pumped me full of two bags of fluids in 10 minutes. Go take a shower. Get that all off. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. My girl was at the ER and came back with blood all over her. What the fuck? Anyway. Okay, Okay, boxing, huh? I, look, I didn't do a damn thing. I've been sitting. I've been <laughs> no sitting. No one's barred. Comes in with blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, this movie's title actually became, we all know this, a special type of match with stipulations in WWF in the mid-90s. They did have a bunch of these no-holds-barred. Um, 
And, uh, I mean, there's really not much more in this movie. But uh, it basically just, you know, that all the trivia basically is just on how the thing really, really is basically a Hulk Hogan character. <laughs> the movie's about Hulk Hogan, goddammit. Yeah, it, it, it's very, it's weird because Terry Bollea is a character. And tell me, sorry, Terry Bollea is a person that plays the character of Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. But yet... In this movie, they're portraying Hulk Hogan as a real person that's playing Rip Thomas. It's very, like, very weird <laughs> when you really break it down and try to make sense of what they were going for. <laughs> it's it's weird booking, if you will. <laughs> it's very odd booking. But I mean, you know, look, this. It, it, I look. I'm not going to say it was a bad movie. It may not hold up, like I said, from. You know, uh, to 2017, but not a bad movie. I, 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 I do enjoy it. You know, it's just, uh, it's cheesy. Like I said, it's a cheesy, look, it's no more cheesy than uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, the original one. It's no more cheesy than that, It's which is why it got a little cult following. Yeah. And it, it spawned. Let me. It spawned. Uh, they got about what two pay per view out. They got two pay per view matches out of Zeus with it. They did SummerSlam '89. It was uh, him and Savage against uh, Beefcake, Beefcake and Hogan. Mm-hmm. And uh, later that year, I don't know if you remember, uh, No Holds Barred, the match, the movie. Yeah. Exactly. So basically, No Holds Barred to match the movie. It uh was taped on December twelfth, nineteen eighty nine. It aired December twenty seventh, eighty nine, mm-hmm. from the uh, Nashville Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm. I wonder if Jeff Jarrett had anything to do with the booking of this show. <laughs> Not back then. <laughs> Thank you. Which is scary. No, but uh, <laughs> I guess real quick, it was a five match card. Let's see here. Dusty Rose defeated the Big Boss Man. The Ultimate Warrior defeated Dino Bravo. The Colossal Connection, which was Andre the Giant and Haku. They defeated Demolition, Next and Smash via Countout. Kurt Henning defeated Ron Garvin. And in the main event, Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake defeated Randy Savage and Zeus. <laughs> and a steel cage match. Wow, man. I really don't remember this. Which is probably good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm reading it here, and it basically says the Hogan is, the, the cage match was part of a WWF wrestling challenge taping. So okay. I'm, I'm like, I thought this would have been a pay per view, but I guess apparent, I guess at that point they had squeezed all they could out of it because I remember they did Survivor Series the month before because Zeus made an appearance. Yeah, but, but then he did this match is the blow off because I know he didn't appear after ninety. Yeah, but these weren't after this match. Yeah, but we're pay- I mean, there weren't even pay per views per se at the time. They were, you know, it was like 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 closed captioning special events. Yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming that's probably what they did it as. Mm-hmm. They just taped it at a tape and then they just like repurposed it as something else. Like matter of fact, because I I have a tape somewhere. It was on a super tape that they released back way, way back in the day. Mm-hmm. So that's probably what they did. They taped it and they repurposed it for something else down the line. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. But yeah, definitely, look, it, like I said, just one of those movies 
might not hold up, but uh, it was pretty good. Pretty good, not great. To be honest, this might be my least favorite movie we've done so far. Your least favorite? I got to say, out of all the movies we've done, this is probably my least. Like, like every movie we've done is a movie I'll stop and go back and watch. This one, <laughs> this one, I'd be like, is there anything else on? Anything else, maybe? <laughs> and with that, folks, our season premiere has just turned into our series finale. <laughs> I don't. I, I just look. I, it. No, I'm only fucking. I, I no, I'm just mean. saying it's it's not a movie that holds up in 2017. That's all I'm saying. You can. Yeah, it's one of those things, man. I, I, you know, if you if you were around, if you kind of came up during like the original Hulkamania run era, mm-hmm. it, it a whole sentimental value to you. But if you if you you won't you won't be able to just pick this movie up cold in 2017 first time you see it and be like oh I'm gonna go back and watch this no, no. this is this is for like nostalgia buff that yeah, kind of grew up that yeah. look you're in a nostalgic mood look this is a movie if you were in the mood to watch I have no problem no problem with it I get it and I even understand why a lot of people may love this movie I really do just to me you see Bmeg is asking if we've done bloodsport no we haven't we must because that's an excellent movie uh but you know i mean this just isn't isn't the kind of movie i'd be like oh i got to watch it i'd really be like is there anything else on <laughs> anything yeah yeah that's it though now uh, I guess here's a, here's an interesting question mm-hmm. in terms of because uh, obviously this this movie was the precursor to a WWE Studios because Vince obviously wanted to do he always wanted to be more than a wrestling promoter even as early as 1989. Mm-hmm. Where does this rank and all of the I mean which is not once again the WWE movie bar has not been set incredibly high, but where would this rank amongst the the Triple H movies, the Marines, the uh, WWE countdowns. Where would you rank No Holds Barred in all of the movies that WWE's produced? Ooh, I haven't seen all of them, but I mean, you know, I mean, this was basically, I mean, if you think about it, this was the first of the, you know, this was the first of the WWE Studios technically movies right here. Yeah, I mean, they and then they just took like a twenty year hiatus, <laughs> or tw- almost twenty year hiatus, mm-hmm. and then they but this you is know. the first one because I mean because they own the rights to this movie, mm-hmm. and then like I said, they transitioned into like the Marines and the WWE countdowns, which I don't know, I, I enjoyed that one <laughs> as stupid as as hokey as it was, mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking Dolph Ziggler. I mean, the, the the sight of Rusev holding a gun and Dolph Ziggler as a cop giving him a super kick. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> that image will stay with me till the day that I die. Uh, yeah, I mean, total. Look, this movie was total ridiculousness. But to be honest, though, it, it, it's hard to really put a rating on it. I mean, look, you're looking at a 1989 movie, and then you're looking at what they've done with you know technology and you know CGI. Eh. I don't know if I could really rate this, but I would say it's probably one of the lower ones compared to what they've done. I mean, even in terms of the acting, yeah, 
that that yeah i mean I, dude which i yeah i, I don't know i mean man. that I, I mean dude that countdown movie we watched that Dolph was actually a really good actor in that movie. I honestly, I, and I'm not even blowing smoke, and I can't even count The Rock because mm-hmm. he's on another level. So I'm not even gonna count him in a wrestling aspect. Oh, yeah. But in terms of acting wrestlers, would you say Dolph is probably a notch above, like the Triple H's and the uh, who else, the Randy Orton's? I would say he's at, I mean, minimum right there. If not, I mean, he was a completely different Dolph in this movie. This is not the Dolph Ziggler you see and you're like, oh, same promo, same guy. Yeah, mainly because he was probably working with people outside of WWE. I mean, even yeah. though their name was on it, he was still working with, like, real directors and real Hollywood types. Yeah, but I really, I mean, that was a good movie. Um... I mean, what I haven't seen many more of the WWE movies, but I mean, they've had a few big ones. Look, the Call with Halle Berry—that was a huge movie for them, you know. But I mean, you know, this did. I mean, but really, this movie was the, you know, one of the movies that started getting a lot of these wrestlers into doing movies. I mean, yeah, you know, and I mean, I don't. And honestly, you know, we can sit here and, you know, mock it, this, that, and the other, but it probably, it'll, it'll probably go down, honestly, I would say next to maybe See No Evil, which is a horror movie, which it, that that had the luxury of having like a built-in fan base, mm-hmm. not so much because of WWE, but because of ho- people like horror movies and they'll watch anything. If you're a horror movie fan, you'll watch anything. Right. But <clears throat> I would say uh, No Holds Barred financially probably is one of their success- most successful movies ever. <laughs> But yeah. I can't. I mean, let's be honest. Count that as much as we might have enjoyed it. It didn't make no fucking eight million dollars, and they didn't make. They didn't make a return. No on that investment. No, 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 no. I mean, they might have broke even, but it didn't take. It didn't cost. It made them. It might have cost them maybe what two, three million to make. Yeah, and you know, a lot of a lot of their newer movies are going straight to DVD. You know. Now. You know, they're not even getting theater releases, so I don't know, man. But uh, where I would rank this, pretty low. I, I really, you know, like I said, I haven't seen a lot of WWE movies, so I wouldn't know exactly the number. But on my rank, it'd be pretty fucking low, just to, just to you know, put it that way. That's fair point, fair. Yeah, yeah. and again, it's not a fair comparison because... You're looking at a 1989 movie, and the movies they've done since then are, you know, updated technology, CGI, shit they didn't even fucking know existed in 1989. I'm just amazed at some of the shit they they were doing in this movie, because it's weird, because it's like, you know, you'll hear these stories about how Vince thinks UFC is barbaric, right? But yet... Battle of the Tough Guys. It basically was basically UFC before even UFC existed, right? You got that aspect to it. They're breaking the fucking ring. <laughs> this is this, mm-hmm. for as much as he hated like wrestling and NWA and WCW, which were you know they, which presented wrestling as more realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie was pretty much old school wrestling, and they were literally in an octagon. They, I believe, at one point they called it the eight-sided ring or something like that. But they, it was an octagon. I so shit. 
Yeah. Damn, Vince is like a forward thinker, apparently. He gave TNA their idea. No wonder. Fucking well, TNA has the six, but, you know, the octagon is in the UFC. Shit, maybe fucking, maybe Dana White does have Vince McMahon to thank for a few things. Yeah. You know, maybe he does, and we don't know it. But uh, I don't know, man. Like I said, this movie would rank low. Um and again, I'm not completely shitting on the movie. You know, Shaheen brings up uh, that Shaheen. We have not done "They Live" yet, but we do need to do that one too. Definitely need to do "They Live," and I'll, it's been a long time since I've actually seen that one too. So I would yeah. definitely need to rewatch that. I think that's one of the movies I've only seen once, but yeah, we definitely need to do that one. Look, there's a plethora of movies that we still have to get through. So. Yeah. Including Hell Comes the Frog Town. <laughs> oh my god. Remember that one? <laughs> no, I don't, and I'm glad I don't. That was a Piper movie. I don't remember that one. Look, yeah, I, I, I forgot. He was like the last. I, the, the plot, I can't. It's, I remember it vaguely. It was something. He was like the last man on Earth. Mm-hmm. And, and like like a bunch of women were trying to use him to impregnate him because he literally was like the last sperm donor on Earth. It was like a weird plot, plot line to it. It was his follow-up to uh, They Live. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. I'll check that out. You know, B-Mix brings up a, a, a kind of, uh, I would call this an argument, <clears throat> that uh, boxing is more barbaric than MMA. That, that, it's true. It is very true. Old school box. No, boxing. no. Boxing itself is more, actually more brutal than MMA. MMA, believe it or not, look at most of the fights. They end up on the ground. You know, I mean, me, me and Shaheen were talking about this on our show, you know, a little, it's sort of about something like this. You know, the fact that, you know, I mean, MMA is, you know, people don't like when the fights end up on the ground. They're doing shit down there. And I understand not everybody understands that. And that's fine. Not everybody's a fucking MMA, you know, a, a martial arts person. We know I'm sort of a martial arts geek. I'm a Bruce Lee weirdo. We know that too. You know, go check out our, you know, the archives. We got a Bruce Lee Muhammad Ali show. But um, boxing technically is. Boxing is, you know, all punches mostly to mostly to the head how many knockouts have you seen to the body in boxing a few you can probably count them on your hand most of those knockouts are to the head you see more submissions in mma you know ground submissions be it arm bar knee bar uh, rear naked choke you see a lot more submissions in mma so you're not getting the beating you're getting in boxing, um, you know the, the and you know the, that's really one of the main things. Most of the fights end up in wrestling matches, you know. So boxing technically is, and the referees in boxing let it go a lot further. The MMA guys, look, if they see a guy's eyes fucking, you know, with no light, they're going to stop the match. Boxing guys, look, if you can count, you know, if you can count the fucking, you know, if you do the standing eight count and can tell them what day it is, you're going back in there. 
Yeah, fair point. I guess you don't you don't hear about too many MMA guys being punch drunk and. <laughs> No, you really don't, and I, and I will admit a lot of those guys... There are exceptions to the rule, but I mean, no. by and large, you don't see too many MMA guys, the, you know... No, and a lot of those guys get out early because they, they do know the shelf life is a little bit different. Uh, you know, your joints just can't take being stretched out in a fucking arm bar forever. You know what I mean? You do get old quick in that business. I mean, look at Stefan Bonner, who retired very early. Uh, Forrest Griffin retired early. Matt Hughes retired early. Uh, Chuck Liddell is probably Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture are probably two of the oldest guys that retired in that business, and they were in their early forties when they retired. You know, which is still young. I mean, Foreman fought when he was what fifty, fifty-two, something like that. Yeah. And yeah, that was a big yeah. I'm I'm probably a little wrong on the age, but I believe Foreman fought when he was in his fifties. I'll just put it yeah, that way. It, it was late 40s, early 50s, so you're not too far off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was somewhere in there. But, I mean, you know, it, and listen, like I said, BMEG brings up an argument. You could really probably go back and forth on this. Uh, you know, oh, MMA is more brutal. You know, the, the, the gloves are lighter. If it does end up in a battle. I mean, listen, if you watch that, and I brought the same fight up on the show Wednesday, the Stefan Bonner-Forrest uh, Griffin fight. Holy shit! How were either one of those two guys the same after that stand-up? That was that was a ninety percent stand-up brawl of a fight, you know. And again, if you haven't seen that fight, go to YouTube. That fight was brutal, brutal. And those guys stood up and punched it out and fucking just banged the whole fucking time, you know. But and and you know even uh, you know Meg's bringing up Matt Hughes had a ton of fights he did, and even Matt you know, and and his fights weren't were mostly wrestling matches. Matt Hughes was not a stand up striker. He was a wrestling guy. You know, but again, shelf life, man. You just can't you can't fucking push your body like that forever. Get in, make your money, leave. <laughs> That's the best way to do it, unfortunately, in mixed martial arts. And, you know, those boxing guys, a lot of them were, I mean, if you look at a lot of the boxing guys, a lot of them were very flamboyant and were, I mean, I dare say a lot of them natched away their money. And when I say yeah. nature, I mean Ric Flair for the people that aren't, uh, you know, wrestling fans listening on our show. Um, you know, it's just like, you know, they just, they, 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 they over, overlive and, you know, they, they become broke and they've got to fight again at the old ages. I mean, you know, Joe Frazier was never the same after that, um, you know, fight with Ali. Ali was never the same after that fight with Frazier between those two, the, 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 the second fight, you know, just, I mean, you know, and Ali is horrible. We've done the whole show on him on how sad it is that, you know, when he was at his worst, he, he you can see. That's, you can see. I mean, like, you, you know, see he's there. The light is still on. He just can't communicate it. Yeah. You know, and that's where, you know, the boxing, people will say, is more brutal. Unfortunately, you can make the argument, but... When you face the facts of longevity, the facts are, look at the boxers and look at the MMA guys. 
Chuck Liddell's doing fucking commercials. And, you know, let's not take a George Foreman who, you know, yeah, he might be rich, but he named all of his fucking, you know, he named all his kids George. I wonder why. Can't remember any of the fucking names. And his daughter, Georgina. I mean. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I can't, I can't even make a joke about something like that. <laughs> no, I mean, punch drunk didn't, uh, the, the, you know, the, the term punch drunk didn't come from. MMA. It came from boxing. It came from guys like, you know, Frazier, who is a little nutty now. Uh, you know, uh, Tyson. You're going to tell me Tyson's sane? Well, to be fair, he wasn't. You, you can't blame that 100% on boxing. I'm not blaming it 100%. Came from a broken I'm not blaming 100% of it on boxing, but him taking shots to the head couldn't have helped. But I mean, you know, and unfortunately, Ali is probably the you know, easiest person to bring up, punch drunk. And again, if you listen to Joe Frazier in the, you know, uh, he was on Opie and Anthony a few years ago. Another one can barely fucking talk, slurring. It's horrible. It's horrible to hear some of these old boxers. And, you know, it, it, this is a trend that's been going on forever. But, you know, I, I do like watching MMA. I used to be a boxing fan. I turned more of an MMA fan. Boxing is so fixed now. So fixed. And who's to say it wasn't back in the day when it was a big sport? But, you know, it. let's face it. What do you hear about more than, you know, more than boxing? UFC. You hear more UFC than boxing nowadays. Yeah. You can't deny it. You yeah. can't. UFC has taken over boxing. And ironically enough, you, I don't know. I think Jim Cornette said it best. UFC are old school wrestling fans. <laughs> if you really think about it. <laughs> they really are. <clears throat> they really are. And, you know, you can argue that one too. You know, a lot of people will argue that, no, there's not a giant crossover. I believe there is a huge crossover of WCW fans mainly and probably you can throw in the original ECW fans which is I'll tell you the truth I'm surprised Shaheen's not a a, a um, MMA fan watching like UFC and stuff it's so you know it's 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 real it's brutal I'm a little shocked he doesn't get into stuff like that but again, he'll also say that, you know, when the fight goes to the ground, he doesn't know what's going on, nor does he care. So, again, I understand why some people just don't like ultimate fighting or think it's boring. Yeah, and plus, it's like, let's be like wrestling. And, and that's the thing. Wrestling has the um, they had they had the advantage of creative license. Mm-hmm. They can they, they, they can create craft their own stories. UFC is a legitimate situation. So a fight could go 20 minutes or it can go 20 seconds. You're right. And, you know, Shaheen says that he's not a boxing or an MMA fan. Uh, he says it's boring and he'd rather get head and go to sleep. Uh, Shaheen, I would rather get head and go to sleep rather than watch <laughs> boxing or MMA or wrestling. <laughs> or no holds barred, for that hey. matter. Um, hey, hey, we can all agree on one thing. Pussy wins all the time. 
It yeah. doesn't matter. What yes, 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 yes. Pussy wins the argument all the time. It doesn't matter. Yes, I'll agree with that. Bobs and wrestling, fuck it all. When you about to fuck, it's like that shit can go. You can that shit always be there. Pussy might not always be there. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I see where Shaheen is saying, you know, MMA is boring. It does end up. I'll bet if Shaheen watched that Stefan Bonner Forrest Griffin fight for the Tough Enough champion. Oh, not tough enough. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. What is that one called? Uh, the the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, you know, he probably would enjoy that fight. Would he enjoy every MMA fight? Absolutely not. That fight there was a stand up bloody brawl, though. Shaheen would be able to appreciate that kind of fight. Like if you showed him maybe something like uh. I don't even know if they still come out with the DVDs, but uh, I remember UFC used to come out with these like ultimate knockout DVDs where they would basically put, put they would compile like the mm-hmm, uh, most mm-hmm. brutal fights that they had in their archives I've, and just release them. I've got a couple of those, believe it or not. I've got like, uh, I think I have up to like seven, I believe. I believe and I have like seven. Did you ever watch seven. the uh, Ultimate Fighter? Do what? Did you ever watch the Ultimate Fight? Remember that, like, oh, I guess yeah. what had coaches. Oh yeah, that's how I knew about. I mean, that that I I was watching that first year with Bonner. I watched the second year, uh, the third year. I believe I, 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 I look, man. I'm my TV habits changed when I moved here. Unfortunately, I had no DVR, and I played poker every Monday. I even stopped watching wrestling for a while when I moved here. <laughs> I mean, I played poker on Monday. That was and that was kind of my job, you know. When I first moved here, I needed a way. I didn't want to work right away. I wanted to relax, so you know, we had a little poker club, and I found a way to make a little extra money. You know, like I said, I'm I'm I'm, I'm not a bad player, man. <laughs> I'm not a, when it comes to poker. <laughs> It's all right. It's all good. I can uh, I can hold my own with the best of them. So, uh, you know, but, um, you know, that both of those could be a huge argument, you know, like I said. But, uh, yeah, Shaheen even says he's got a few of the early UFC. Shaheen, you're not going to like that early UFC, but it is brutal. They put, like, 170-pound guys against, like, 300-pound you know, guys like, like you know, just beating the shit out of each other. Yo, I mean, say what you, but those early, those early hardcore UFC years is that's a big part of the reason why I took fucking New York, damn near thirty years to uh, finally make it legal in that state. Yeah. Which was absurd. I'm not even a big time UFC guy, but that was absurd. Yeah, that it took them that long to fucking pass that bill. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and Shaheen says he's brutal. That's why he'd like it. He's right. There was a look. I remember a fight where a guy was literally he won the fight by punching a guy in the balls like nineteen times. Yeah, it was uh, it was legal. There were, there were no rules in the early days. No, not not. I mean, look. I mean, you couldn't you know choke a guy to death. There was still someone in the ring. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was Big John McCarthy at that time. That's how he became famous he's been with them forever but i mean there were rules but there were no rules if that makes sense you know what i mean there were no weight classes 
But yeah, I believe headbutts were uh, always illegal. I think Shaheen brings that up, and I believe the you cannot kick a downed opponent was another rule. No, yeah, yes, you could not kick a downed opponent. Was like, look, they had like five rules, like you know, like this movie, you know, don't kill anyone. <laughs> don't kick a downed opponent no headbutts uh, back of the head was always a big issue with them they never wanted you hitting in the back of the head you can really I mean you could kill a guy hitting him in the back of the head uh, you know you slip too low you can basically you know Tyson kid you know internally decapitate someone yeah you don't want to see that yeah um, and you know, I'm not even sure of the other rule, but I know there was probably like five rules they had, but weight classes weren't even a thought for those guys. You know, you can go back to UFC one, two, three, four, five, and just, you're seeing like, I mean, it was like viscera against Sami Zayn with, you know, fucking, you know, two ounce gloves, yeah. you know, those little undertaker gloves. Brutal shit, and you know, every now and then that little guy would win. And you look at it like it goes to show you, like gimmicks get over. Like you know, those early days giving. Uh, was the other guy, Tank Abbott? You know, I'm I'm not like I said, I'm not big in the UFC, but from what I hear, like he had a terrible record. But he his whole gimmick was he could knock people out. He every so often he would get that one knockout punch, and when he did, it was fucking brutal. He was a gimmick. Tank was the bar brawler. That could throw some fists. His record was actually decent. He came back and sort of made a fool of himself. But, I mean, Tank was sort of a 50-50 guy. He'd win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. So he wasn't like a Shamrock where he, you could put him on a, an elite level. No, and Shamrock even came back and kind of embarrassed himself too. You know, I mean, if yeah, he... Kimbo Slice fight, you know, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, when Kimbo beat... I mean, Kimbo was... You know, one of the early guys let go from the Ultimate Fighter when he did it. I mean, I, I, I watched that year too when Kimbo was on and fucking that fat boy Roy Nelson whipped his ass, dude. You know, Roy Country Boy. Kimbo got beat by a dude called Roy Country Boy Nelson. What does that tell you? Kimbo wasn't ready. He never should have been there. Never should have been there. Never. Never. Just because you're a great street fighter doesn't mean you can take guys who know how to fight well. Yeah, it's all it's all about technique, you know. Oh, it's all about it's all about technique and and learning the craft of it, you know. It's no different like anything, any athletic endeavor. You can't just just because, you know, you can't just walk in off the street and call yourself Ric Flair or Shawn Michaels in the ring. Well, there was something Kimbo forgot. This wasn't called Ultimate Street Fighter. This was a mixed martial arts show. The one thing Kimbo didn't have under his belt was any martial arts. He was a fighter. He was a brawler. That's all he was. And, you know, they, he, he had taken some losses on the street, too. If you go on YouTube, you can see him losing to some Russian dude who beat the shit out of him in Miami. Uh, and, you know, most of those fights are right in Miami. But uh, he's just, you know, he wasn't ready. He had no martial arts. These guys, yeah, 
they know how to do the same thing you can do. They can throw a punch. They can do this. They can do that. But you know what they have? A, practice. B, discipline. They're not just street thugs out there trying to make a buck. These guys are trying to make a fucking, you know, like professional career out of this. These guys have been training since they were kids. Yeah. A lot of them. You know, I mean, look at your, uh, you know, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Machido. Leoto Machido. That guy's been training since he was a little fucking kid, and he's a badass. But he's been training for that, for to be a badass. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't fucking CM Punk that took a couple of uh, Kmart class and decided he's going to be a UFC fighter one Listen, day. Listen, just because you've got some money... And you've got a little bit of fame, and you know, uh, you know, Hoist uh, Gracie wants you at his camp, and you took a picture with Ed O'Neill, who, by the way, Ed O'Neill, Al Bundy, a legit black belt. That, that that I'm sorry, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. That blows my fucking mind. Absolutely, dude. <laughs> that Al, that fucking Al Bundy could beat the fuck out of somebody if he wanted to. <laughs> Al Bundy. Al fucking Bundy. Al Bundy has ties to Bruce Lee. Watch a, I mentioned this on our Bruce Lee episode, um, it's called This Is Bruce Lee. You can actually go to YouTube and watch it, I believe it's still up there, I'm not going to promise anything. Uh, but it's a little documentary, his uh, his daughter Shannon is in it, um, but the uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who actually was a student of Bruce Lee's, he's in it. Uh, Ed O'Neill has a part in it, and a bunch of people that you just don't expect that, oh, my God, these people learned from Bruce Lee. You know, Bruce Lee was very generous. Bruce Lee got his ass, you know, had a fight. And when I say fight, I don't mean it as, oh, he had to take people to court. He had to fight to teach that style of his to Americans. Literally fight. So... You know, and and yeah, yeah B may bring it up. Eric, Eric Bischoff is a third degree black belt. He really does know the shit that we've seen. He's not bullshitting about that. Yeah, uh, he can fuck you up he, if he wanted to. <laughs> he could. That's why, dude. When they were doing that hit thing with him and McMahon, I was so hoping McMahon. Would, I think McMahon might have been a little scared. I'll tell you the truth. No, yeah, and I, yeah, and, and say, say what you want. I mean, you heard the stories, you know. Oh, Vince would have killed him. He would have beat the fuck. I don't know. You got Bischoff. He's younger. He knows the, the fucking. Like I said, Vince would. Might, he might throw. He, he might get in a couple lucky punches. But <laughs> Bischoff is younger, and he knows the black. He knows the karate shit. A third degree black belt has been hit before, punched, kicked. He knows yeah. what it feels like. Vince has probably been in, what, a a couple of fights? Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Him and Bret Hart. I mean, Bret Hart punched him. Cold cocked him? You know, Bret Hart fucking cold cocked him, which, listen, I I talk my shit about Bret Hart. I will always respect Bret Hart for getting a punch in on McMahon. I will always respect the man at minimum for that right there. (laughs) All right. So as much shit as I will talk about Bret Hart, there's my one positive about the man. You'll give him credit for that. Uh, dude, 
anyone who will not he spit on him. He spit on him and then cold cocked him. Spit on him and punched him. And you know, from what bystanders you know said, Vince was pretty loopy when he walked out of there, which means he might have knocked Vince out. So again, I'll give him the the at least respect for you know whether he was leaving or not had the balls to uh get a good punch in on 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 McMahon for screwing him over we uh we'll put that under we'll put that on a uh possibility list uh b max wrestling with shadows I actually didn't enjoy that documentary I haven't seen that, but I'd uh love a good excuse to watch it. You never saw it I haven't yet oh, you gotta watch that bro that's I mean, like I, like I said, I know you're not a Bret Hart guy, but it's it's, it's not just a, it's a, it's more of a human interest story. I think you would actually enjoy it. I'd watch it. Look, I'd I'd still watch. I mean, Bret Hart may think it's real, but I know it's not. So, you know, I'd still watch it and check out what what, what they had to say. But um, I don't know, man. We've gotten way off of the movie pretty much, and uh, I was pretty much done with it. Yeah, I, I mean, what else? What else you got, man? Oh, we finished with the movie a long time ago. This is—they're getting bonus content right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, we pretty much just been bullshitting about uh, you know all the and like I said, you know, B Meg sort of started that with the whole you know boxing is more barbaric and that's an argument. That's a you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, and I will throw this in there: we don't have the true long term of what MMA really does. Uh, I mean, you know, boxing's been around since, my God, the 1800s, you know? I mean, we've seen what boxing can do. MMA being only around this, I mean, it's, you know, it's like, you know, I'll hold up my electronics. We don't, these have been around so short, we don't know the true long term of what, you know, electronic cigarettes are going to do to people. We don't know. We really haven't been able to tell in the short time the MMA UFC has been around what the long term effects are. You know, it's 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 an argument, but it's also sort of an unfair comparison for that matter. Well, let's see here. So, based on what we do know now, uh huh, between boxing, football, wrestling. In terms of concussions, head trauma, is it safe to say that maybe wrestling might be the worst of them all just because of the guys that didn't die under 50? I mean, Actually, NFL guys have committed suicide, but I don't, does the NFL really have like the, the mortality rate that we see in wrestling? Listen, I think the... All right. Football, I believe, probably is a little more brutal than wrestling. Those helmets aren't much. I mean, they're fucking, you know, fiberglass, plastic bullshit. Um, uh, they do have a little bit. I mean, football suicide rate isn't that big. and uh, All of these not say wrestling is because, look, football, like I said, they work in seasons. Wrestling is year-round. And I, I I forgot where I saw that, but apparently when a wrestler takes like one bump, mm-hmm. that's like the equivalent of being in like ten car crashes. So if they're taking like forty to fifty bumps a match, <laughs> go figure. Yeah, to me, and I'll be honest with you, I would put football number one, 
and like like wrestling probably a close second because football is more i mean all contact if football is contact after contact those guys practice taking shots they're taking shots taking shots and i believe concussion wise i think football might be worse the reason we may not see the you know early deaths and everything was i mean look those guys were testing for stuff way before wrestling was number 1 number 2 those guys you know wrestling was always about the biggest guy the big guy the big guy that's where the steroids came in listen not every death in wrestling has been contributed to steroid abuse but you know you look at a guy like warrior do you think steroids helped his heart not fucking give out at any second no absolutely yeah, not they didn't help but and i know you know you could say hey steroid use was also rampant in football too but i think really football might just be a little more than wrestling you know i i i i think it is you know and i might be wrong it could be you know right on the same base but i would put football a little higher you know, it's like those linebackers, dude, they're that's helmet to helmet damn near every time. Every play. And I mean, how many plays do you think those linebackers go through a game? Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I mean, you, you look at that, that uh, you know, that kid that uh, got the Warrior Award this year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, for, I mean, for, I mean God bless that guy because it's like he's lucky to be alive. Yeah. And you know, I'll, I'll and you know, I, I will say, you know, it's probably a, it might be a little different now. Wrestling, you know, it's all about the 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 flippy dippy who can do you know all the craziest stuff, and you know, everyone's trying to top everybody else. So yeah, might you know maybe it's a little different time. And you know, like I said, I could be wrong, but I really feel football's concussion rate has been hidden a little bit longer. Maybe not a little bit longer. I mean, you know, Stone Cold, I mean, you know, you can go back and see Stone Cold get rocked by Owen Hart, basically his neck broken and continues to wrestle. No football player would be able to do that. They'd be taking too many hard hits. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's definitely another one you could, uh, we could probably argue all night and not find a you know definitive answer. Yeah, I'm actually surprised WWE. I'm surprised they ain't stopped that uh, Gallagher guy from uh, doing a headbutt. Cause they... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because eventually, like the law averages. I mean, obviously, rest is wrestling. Blah blah blah. You can protect the guy to a point, but at the end of the day, you're still connect. You know, still two heads connecting. <laughs> but a lot of those shots you'll see he puts into the guy's chest. He does. You'll see that most of those shots go to the guy's chest. So I don't know, man. I don't know. But uh, I don't know. What else you got? As far as this show? Yeah, I got one beer I'm left. Of- I'm ready to go. I don't want to run out of beer. <laughs> I, I still got to go watch Blue Bloods for tonight. Yeah, I know you're disappointed, Box, because we didn't get a, a arbitrary... Uh, NYPD Blue reference in. Yeah, we did. We did? I said it. 
Hold on. It was uh the the one of the uh sidekicks was in like five episodes as as an ADA in NYPD Blue. I must have missed it. <laughs> yeah, he was in the earlier seasons. I would say season three. Oh, you mean the guy you said you, he had like that? Uh, he they really never explained his uh purpose. No. Hold on. Hold oh, on. you're talking about uh. Was it the guy with the glasses? Give me a second. No, it was the other guy. The guy with glasses is the one you see in a ton of fucking movies. A ton. Um, Let's see here. Which one was it? Bill Henderson, I believe. Or Charlie Levine. Which one? Charlie Levin. Hold on. Yo, it was the other guy. Charlie. Levin, who played... Hold on a second here. Charlie Levin, who was Ordway. Ah. The older of the two, I guess you could call him henchmen. Not the glasses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, We did uh, five episodes of NYPD Blue from 1994 to 1995, so that was season two and three. Wow. Maybe that could be my new challenge. Try to find a movie with no NYPD Blue tie-ins. So far, the only two we have are uh, Waterboy and um, Rocky Horror. Mm. Everything else, I've been able to find somebody. No, no, it's a, it's a good gimmick of the show. Yeah, it's fun. How do I feel about this season of Criminal Minds, B-Megs is asking? I cannot wait to see next week. It is. They left this week with a great fucking cliffhanger. Spent with uh, Spencer being in jail. It's it's a good break from the whole. Okay, we're following serial killer, serial killer, serial killer, serial killer, serial killer. Uh, I think they did a good thing this season by sort of switching it up with a nice little subplot, and I think it's cool. You know, they left this last show with him realizing who finally who set him up. And I'm enjoying the shit out of this. I really, like, I can't wait till Wednesday. Number one, I can't wait until Wednesday because of, you know, the Hot Tag podcast at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time right here on Mixer.com slash THD podcast. But after that, I get to watch Criminal Minds. And uh, it's been a really good season. Really good season. So there you go, BMX. Your question answered. And he agrees. He's been enjoying it too, obviously. Cool. Yeah. It, 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 you know, the, the, it, it was one of those shows where it was sort of getting old. It was, it was entering that jump the shark territory. I'm not going to say it was entering jump the shark, but it was definitely entering monotonous where it was okay. Serial killer, serial killer. Okay, we can't catch this serial killer, so we're still going after him this season. This was just a different, you know, I mean, they've had a few little twists and turns, but this was Spencer ending up in jail, and Spencer's the genius in the bunch and, you know, kind of the goody-goody. And, uh, you know, him, it it was very repetitive, like B-Meg says, and he's right, monotonous, repetitive. And uh, it was good to switch it up, put one of their own in prison, 
And uh, now you're basically watching them do everything they can to get them out when they keep getting little roadblocks thrown at them. It's kind of like they're on the other side of the law while, you know, still doing their job. Um, Oh, since I made a Happy Days reference, it's only uh, appropriate that I say uh, rest in peace to Amarin. Wow. Mm. That was was a pretty, uh, I won't say it's shocking, but it was, you know. Caught a lot of people off guard. Yeah. Especially if you're of a certain age. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, definitely. And, uh, you know, people are just saying Hotch just kind of disappeared. Yeah, he did. They sort of explained it with the whole witness protection thing from, you know, all this, you know, all that scratch. And he's right. Mr. Scratch being a constant, you know, reoccurring character is, even though they don't show him, the name being mentioned is... Always just a, I don't know, they've, they've, they've got a really good thing going on because this Mr. Scratch character has been going on since I want to say like season five, maybe six. So they're really, you know, it's a, it's a show with good continuity, as was a Bronx Tale last week. Which you can find in the archives. There you go. Please download the show. <laughs> there you go. And on that note, I think we should fucking, uh, I don't really have much more, Anthony. You got anything else? Should we go ahead and end it? We should end it and just there say a sincere thank you for listening for the first year and many years to come. There you go, man. We will uh, definitely continue doing this. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, and, you know, keep keep listening. Tell a friend. And have that friend tell a friend. And have that friend tell two friends. See how it works? And that's how we grow. And also, uh, you can find me and Anthony here every Friday night, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Mixer.com slash THT Podcast. You can check us out on Facebook. Mixler, uh, Facebook, T, uh, THT Move Review on Facebook.com slash group slash THT Move Review. That's what I was trying to say. And you can look us up on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, anywhere you can find podcasts. Also, don't forget, check out me and Shaheen. Like I said, Wednesday nights, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Mixler.com slash THT Podcast for the hot tag wrestling podcast and on that note we appreciate you guys thanks for one hell of a year and uh hope to have another hell of a year and uh anthony been nice man and uh on that note you know what we say it's time to uh i'll go home and get your fucking shine box uh there we go later peace